I cannot tell you how much I don't want to be in the road right now. I am not here by choice. I don't want to be in the road. I really don't want to be in front of your car. I really don't. And welcome back to Too Fit to Quit. This is your host, Brad, along with your host, Jake. Hey, guys. And we're going to be talking about our personal fitness journeys today and kind of where we started, where we came from, and what what it has meant to us. So before before we get into it, any, any thoughts, anything you want to get into, Jake? Yeah, I just wanted to say that, like, the purpose, it, I'm very uh, passionate and proactive about sharing my story with people, um, and, I mean, I, I guess I can't control how it comes off to other people, but it, for me, I, I'm, it's not like I want to brag about it, or I think it's just this, like, amazing thing, but, like, I think that it can help people to hear that just a normal dude can decide to change his life, and you can do it, and it's not expensive, and it's not that complicated. It's just hard, and it's work. And um, if I can do it, you can do it. So I'm really passionate about sharing my journey and being really open about stuff that you you may not typically hear people be open about, such as like the mental health aspects of it and um, all of the doubts and like not linear process I had along the way. Just because that's the reality is that it's not going to be perfect every day, but if you keep on chugging forward and stick to your commitments you can make a huge difference in your life it is a journey and it takes time and it takes commitment but it's also not it's not like one you know if you have a lot for thanksgiving dinner it's not over no (laughs) No. you know in fact the game is never over like you yeah. make up yeah. the cool thing about a fitness journey and and really just like life in in the aspect of your health and fitness in general um and i mean you know like medical conditions excluded is that you get to make the rules like it's not over until you say it's over it starts when you say it starts the amount of effort that you put forth is totally your decision and unless you feel the need to judge yourself harshly you don't need to beat yourself up about not getting there so this is totally an internal thing and you get to make all of the rules. So you decide what progress looks like to you. You decide what you want to try to do to get there. And as long as you keep trying and follow paths that bring results, you do whatever you want and, and get wherever you need to get. So it's, it's not like this hard set thing. And you know, it is, it's a great equalizer. Yeah. Because, a mile is the same distance for everybody. Yes. A <laughs> hundred pounds is the same weight for everybody. Right. You cannot pay to make those change. No amount of money will ever make a mile shorter. Right. Yeah. No 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 matter how good your shoes are, a mile is a mile. And no matter how long you've been lifting weights, a hundred pounds is still a hundred pounds. It's not like you, you your equipment can help you like be more comfortable or experience uh, you know, like less fewer blisters or like whatever, but 
it's not going to make the work any cheaper or more expensive from an effort perspective. It would work, the work is yeah. the work, and that's the part that's important. You know, weightlifting gloves can be a good thing. They're not going to rack the bar for you. Right, yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll stop you from tearing your hands up, but it's not going to make the bar move up any easier. No. All right, well, you want to kick it off, Jake, and then I'll wrap up? Yeah. So I, I mentioned a little bit where I'm from and kind of the conditions leading up to or at least, I mean, I'm not an expert, and that's kind of the point of this podcast is that we're just normal dudes, not experts. Um, but in my opinion, um, the way that I was raised to look at food, because both of my family, both of my parents grew up either poor or like on a farm, um, and eating every last bit of food was important. So I was always taught things like eat the things that you don't like first so that you'll have more room for the things you do like and you'll be able to empty your plate and that it is not acceptable to waste food no matter what um and that's you know they they it's i'm not trying to malign my family here like they are awesome awesome people and i hope to i like to think they did a great job with me um but one of the things that due to their upbringing they uh saw differently than what led me to my goals is food habits um so pretty much when I was, even since I was a little kid, I've always been a clear your plate no matter what kind of guy, and everything just kind of revolved around what was I going to eat, and when was the next time I was going to eat, and how much, and family events were always built around meals, um, and that's that's kind of what our family did to bond, was we got together and we ate. Um, so that was fine when I was a kid, and when I was in high school, because when you're a kid, I mean, you just kind of grow constantly and except unless you like really really go out of your way it's like not that huge of a deal and then in high school i played football did powerlifting track and field i mean i I was i was working out like four hours a day five or six days a week and i had that high school you know that puberty metabolism so i was there was nothing i could do to like gain too much weight almost um so then i went to college though and i pretty much blew up i mean i i went from 205 pounds when I graduated high school, um, all the way up to, I mean, I fluctuated between 225 and 240 or so during college. I was uh, very overweight, and, and beyond just the weight, I was, um, I, didn't, I didn't move a whole lot. I, I walked when I had to. I lifted weights occasionally, but it wasn't enough to keep me in good shape, um, and I definitely shied away from running as hard as I could. Like, I always told myself that I was not built to be a runner. Um, and I just didn't do it. So <laughs> that uh, all those factors led to um, me kind of reaching a like a mental crisis, essentially. When I turned 25 years old, I was living across the country from my family. Uh, I moved there to take, chase a uh, job promotion, basically. Um, I was the heaviest I'd ever been, in the worst shape I'd ever been, and the trends were moving the wrong way. Um, so I, I started to like have anxiety attacks and I convinced myself that I had some kind of heart condition and um, I, I don't know, my, my future and my outlook just started to seem really bleak. So I decided, well, I can only control you know, what I can control in my life and what I can control is my habits surrounding food and I can control what I do to exercise and and make myself, 
you know, as best I can in better shape. So um, January 1st, 2019, I decided that not even just to limit my food, but just to know I was going to start to track in an app all of the food that I ate. Um, did that for a couple weeks and decided, you know what, I'm going to try to do the keto diet and I'm going to cut out carbs. And I did that for two weeks and I was able to lose a little bit of weight. But I kind of decided that the no carb lifestyle is, in my, in my opinion, miserable and <laughs> awful and I will never be able to sustain that. Um, so I decided that I was going to just count calories and pick up running. Um, and that kind of just ended up being the magic formula for me is I, I started preparing all of my meals on Sunday. I, I pretty much did the math of like how many calories I needed to be in a deficit and what I would have to eat every day to make that happen. And I committed to cooking that food, bringing it wherever I was going with me and eating only that food. Um, which I understand sounds a little extreme, but um, it worked for me, and that's the key, is to find what works for you. Um, so in the year of 2019, I lost two pounds a week, every week on the dot, um, you know, despite, besides like vacation setbacks. And, you know, like it's not it's not linear, like I don't mean to make it sound like it was just perfect and linear and point to point, like it, it doesn't work that way, but um, I ended up losing 85 pounds. So I, I got from a BMI of like 40 almost to a BMI of, you know, normal, what, what, what they would consider normal, which for me was actually pretty scrawny. And, and we'll get into that later in the podcast that BMI is not a perfect uh, metric that you should <laughs> necessarily base anything off of. Um, but I think that showcases how far I came with it. Um, and since then, I've been striving to um, better my strength, better my cardiovascular ability, and um, through, I mean, I mean, I, I kind of, and this is another thing that's like the dark side of it that you don't necessarily hear from a lot of people because you see the big weight loss and the big fitness progress and stuff, but what you don't see is that I gave myself an eating disorder, basically, and I, I for a year, I had a really hard time forcing myself to eat enough calories to maintain weight, and I would lose my appetite regularly uh, when I was faced with like big meals or if I knew that um, I had to eat a certain amount because I was so terrified of losing control, gaining weight back again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a three-year journey now and I'm, I'm now at a place where I have been able to maintain weight for over a year um, and then to start to eat actually in a surplus and strength train and to, you know, just continue to make steps so that's kind of where my journey is at right now I you know went into college stopped working out kept eating like crap gained a ton of weight uh, lost it all back went a little too extreme and uh, we're reaching equilibrium over here so uh, <laughs> I like to help people shortcut that process because there is a lot of work and pain and figuring it out um, that it's not strictly necessary if you're willing to reach out to support like I have been known to not do throughout my life. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my journey in a nutshell. Oh, thank you, Jake. And yeah, of course. Just as as a outside observer, it was uh, 
very impressive watching you it, it more than just the weight loss watching you take take ownership yeah and be like i have agency here this is my life i'm gonna play an active role in it yeah and not just letting things happen i think that was kind of the most impressive thing as somebody just observing the change i mean the physical change was dramatic but just the mindset that went along with it was also really impressive yeah and that's that's something that i really like to communicate to anybody who talks to me um I, I really like to be approached and asked about this because i am very passionate about it and i have been able to make a huge i mean you wouldn't believe i mean you would brad because <laughs> but like people out there like as much as you know you want it you would not believe the changes that come within you when not not when you lose weight losing weight is a side effect and being in better shape is a side effect but when you do take that ownership of your life and you realize that your physical self is a reflection of your habits and your actions over the long term um you gain a really high level of reward when you see that actions that you make things that are hard and things that challenge you but you come on top of um change your life you know in so many different ways yeah. so that's that and even like Brad said, as an outside observer, but that through, even from the driver's seat, that was the biggest change in my life is that I started to just do something about it. Well, I guess I will go next. And kind of the, the funny thing here is that I got to be an active participant in Jake's lifestyle change. But uh, Jake, how much do you know about me and like my weight loss? Because it happened before we met. Um, I... You never met that Brad. Um, no, not really. I mean, I met you, I think, late in your journey when you were still kind of um, working on it. But I definitely never met you at a state where I would have called you, like, particularly out of shape. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. we have the, the, the lead up is pretty similar for both of us. Um, I was a horrifically picky eater and my parents did the best to try and break me of it and I just was committed to eating like crap and the way they kind of helped me with it is I had to play sports I wasn't very good at them because I'm not very athletic or at least I thought I wasn't very athletic uh, but I, I was active and you know I always had some kind of extracurricular activity going on and it wasn't until late in high school where I got used to doing football. And then in the off season, I did not change my diet habits and I did not exercise. I only did that kind of stuff during football season. So, you know, eating habits that I could get away with when I was being active two, three hours a day was very different. Oh yeah. Than what could have been with <laughs> being active 20 minutes Absolutely. a day. Absolutely. And I jumped up, I think the heaviest I ever weighed in was, I want to say 215, but I never really checked that much right. at the top end. And when I got to college, I was at my heaviest. And I also pretty much ate mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and pizza. 
Can't confirm. With the odd, ex- and the odd <laughs> exception here and there. And that was pretty much it. Yeah, no. Can okay. absolutely confirm. Yeah, full stop. <laughs> so, in addition to not having good fitness habits, I also had just horrible dietary habits. And I just, in high school, was very used to having like frozen pizzas, pasta, that kind of stuff. I didn't, I didn't know how to like, uh, you just buy frozen food and you warm it up. Yeah. That's how, that's how you eat, right? The American like, way. You, or, or you eat out, yeah. Or, or you get a jack-in-the-box, you know? Yeah. Like, th- th- that's the American that's way. That's what you do. Yeah. And just by the habit of being on campus, I had to walk to class. And I started moving around. And just the nature of every day, being active, walking, I started to lose some weight without really even focusing on it. And I started feeling better. I was like, this feels kind of nice. And I started thinking more about it. And in my sophomore year, I started doing things intentionally. I started running. You know, just on a treadmill, slow pace, just kind of jogging. I'm like, it's kind of fun. I like this. And I just kind of kept track. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do something every day. I'm going to run at least one mile every day. It doesn't have to be much, but I'm going to do something active every day. And then like Jake, I started, okay, I'm just going to track what I eat, you know? Mm -hmm. And I started, okay, instead of getting the largest frozen pizza they have, I'm going to get a thin crust. Yeah. I'm going to read the label. I'm like, okay, this has, you know, four servings. This has three servings and it's, you know, 300 calories less total. I'm going to get, I just kind of started making small little choices like that. They really started to add up and I started losing weight. And then I just decided, all right, I'm going to do this intentionally. And (laughs) I too had a, uh, Similar issue to Jake, which is where the tracking came in, so important, is that I got a little too carried away. Oh, yeah. And I was talking with my mom. She's like, how much have you eaten today? I'm like, oh, like three things. She's like, okay, I want you to track it. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I plugged it in, I'm like, oh, I need to eat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, being this hungry isn't normal. Yeah. I Like, I was punishing myself. Yeah. If, if I can and I was not, you know, reinforce that idea, I was I was approached by multiple people, including my, my mother and now my mother-in-law. Um, to basically telling my wife Johanna like make sure he eats because he's not eating right, and um, yeah, it's crazy how other like, people just, pick that up before you do. Yeah, and just like by having by having that you know accountability of tracking what I ate, that really kind of started opening the door, and I began the intentional part of my weight loss, and I got down to about. 165 in the fall I want to say this was the fall of 2012 and I have pretty much remained there ever since so I'm coming up this is actually kind of a big year for me because I'm coming up on the 10th anniversary of my dietary changes and I've been able to maintain that ever since I had when I was in LA, I kind of just like 
I wasn't being active. I wasn't doing the things I needed to do. But because I kind of trained my mind to pay attention to that, when I started noticing myself slipping, I was able to correct myself and kind right. of get things back under control before they spiraled. And yeah, so it's been about 10 years now. And it's something I'm, I'm really proud of. And sometimes I actually have kind of, it's a frustration of mine is I will tell people about this and they don't, they don't believe me. They've only <laughs> ever known me since right. I began my fitness journey. Yeah. And I have to be like, it's actually really frustrating. Oh yeah. So this is the thing. If somebody tells you about their journey, don't be like dismissive. Right. Because it's extremely frustrating. Right. It's like, no, I put a lot of effort into this. This yeah. is hard. It's, it's, I, I hate when people say things like, oh, well, he just has a fast metabolism or like, oh, well, that's genetics or like whatever, because no, it, it, and I, I, by contrast, have a much easier time with this because I just did it like, it's been three years now since I decided to start. Um, so the majority of people who know me know me as in my in my poorest shape essentially and a lot of people watched it happen live so i i get i guess i'm lucky in that i get a lot of the like really sad especially because i was gone like away and then i moved home once i you know had reached a very high point of progress um i get a lot of like people who i knew in high school like whoa jake is that you you know what i mean like i get a lot of like like eyes bugging out of the head type reactions so that is really neat um but yeah it and and i think i want to emphasize like some some common themes between brad and my story and i think you'll probably almost everybody who wants to take that journey and has take that taken that journey will identify with and that is the oh well when i was in high school i was working out all the time and i could eat whatever i want i just got away with it and then as soon as i was given the choice to become sedentary i blew up and that is what happens because you shape your habits around a certain point in your life and a certain set of goals without realizing it and then all of that stuff changes and your habits remain the same always until you change yeah. them intentionally so yeah. that's when stuff starts to blow up and then i want to really also point out like what brad said i thought he made a really good point about like you don't just wake up one day and say I'm not going to eat pizza anymore. You can still eat pizza, but he he made the choice like, you know what? I'm going to eat thin crust pizza because that's just a little better. And by making that choice that's just a little bit better, like stacking those choices up, that's where you get your big progress and your big overtime like results. It's yeah. not, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not going to take the bus to campus. I'm going to walk to campus. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to get... I'm just gonna and those little things started adding up, just like you said. Mm -hmm. But uh, the the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about is that was ten years ago. Yeah. Which circles down to another bigger thing that I think is going to be kind of a just a theme of this podcast is I'm not done. Yeah. No. It's not <laughs> like okay, I did it. I'm done. Game's over. Yeah. I can go back. No. It's like this yes. is. A, this is it's a journey that I'm on, right. and it started there, yeah. and it continues to this day. And it's you know, I had to learn other things. There were other things that had to go oh, yeah. into this. Like I said, my diet. Like I didn't know how to cook. Yeah, I didn't really know how to shop for myself. Right. And like 
I had to start learning those things. Yeah. And in college, it got to the point where I was like, I got tired of being the person that nobody wanted to go out to eat with. Because everybody always had to plan around me. And that, that's yeah, no, literally. Where, like improving my diet started. <laughs> literally, like it, you couldn't take Brad to eat Chinese food. I mean, you could if it if they had some very basic stuff. But like, just for example, like there was a very, I, I wanted to hang out with Brad a lot, and there was a lot of times where we had to like alter our restaurant choice to make sure we went somewhere that had chicken tenders, and, <laughs> yeah, and like that that. that that kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked to everybody. It was embarrassing. Yeah. And so I just started, again, little changes. Yeah. Okay, well, I like chicken nuggets. Like, maybe I can try making some chicken at home. Mm-hmm. And so I started learning. So I started trying baking chicken. And uh, that was a experience because <laughs> I remember the very first time, I'm like, okay, I just buy and I'll cook it like it says online. It Dude, says 30 yeah. minutes. But the problem is, that it's like, no, you don't put in, like, three pounds of chicken and cook it for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. And baking chicken is hard. Like, legitimately, yeah, that's a bad just... place to start learning how to cook. Because <laughs> I cook a lot so now, I... and I still, like, am really inconsistent with chicken. Like, So, yeah, I had to uh, – so I got a bunch of raw chicken. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> a raw chicken, what do I do raw unseasoned this? chicken. And I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this again. So it took a while before I was even willing to do it again. <laughs> and I think that's, like, what Brad – wanted to emphasize there which is people ask me like what is the what's the secret you know what i mean like what's your secret like and i guess the closest thing to a secret and like really a huge 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 mental key that i really do see as the turning point in because i tried so many fat diets like brad was there when i tried juicing i literally tried to eat nothing but juice vegetables <laughs> oh, and fruits and stuff and like i tried keto how many times i tried keto and like all the other stuff and I'm not saying those things don't work for some people because, like, it, you got to find what works for you. But the key was when I stopped thinking about it as a temporary change. I always thought about it as, oh, well, I just need to lose this extra weight that I've got and then I can go back to eating like normal and I'll just stay there because I stay there now. So, like, why wouldn't I do that? You can't think about it as having a definite end because then you won't be motivated enough to find the thing that works for you permanently like you have to like the the, if there is a secret to making healthier choices and seeing this massive progress the secret is trying everything and find the thing that you can sustain over the long term so like for me i still meal prep and i'm gonna keep meal prepping like i'm gonna cook i'm just gonna keep cooking all my food for the week and having it prepared as long as i reasonably can You know what I mean? Because that works for me and long term, that is what I can carry. So like, if you can't do that, then you got to do something else. But if there is a secret, find what works for you that you can maintain as a lifelong habit. Because you set goals for yourself, but goals are not the end point. They're checkpoints. Hey, I want to run a 5k next year. Train up, run the 5k. But you don't I mean, if you want long-term success, at least, you don't just stop running at that point. You say, okay, what's my next goal? Well, I want to be able to run a 10K in three months. You know what I mean? You, you keep stacking it up, yeah. and that's how you see that progress. Yeah. It, you know, you kind of – this I'm 
kind of something else that builds off of this is that we've spent a lot of time this episode talking about diet and nutrition and there's a connection in doing what works for you in diet and nutrition doing what works for you in a fitness routine right. and i actually had to learn to accept myself and accept my body and who i was right and actually there was there was a moment with us that was a real turning point for me because you know you go online especially for guys and what you see is these ripped dudes you know benching 315 and like that's the standard and right. like if you're not in the gym getting big you know getting strong that like you're just wasting your time yeah and i've never been a person that carries around a lot of strength um i think the push-up challenge highlighted that <laughs> um but that was something that kind of bothered me is that i had gotten my body into this healthier state but it didn't look like the way i thought i was supposed to look like yeah and it was when we went to the gym some and like we would go lifting and it was kind of hard for me because you have been completely sedentary for god knows how long yeah and you go there and you put up 185 yeah and i couldn't even do like i couldn't even put up plates yeah and it was so frustrating for me but then we went for a job right yeah and it was so hard for you. I, I was just breezing through. I literally couldn't run for 30 seconds straight without stopping. And I'm not not trying to disparage that because that is a step that you will inevitably be at if you are sedentary right yeah. now and you want to make a change. That is where you got to start. And just because you're bad at something is not a reason to quit it. Or you think you don't measure up to whatever standard you're – like when I started running, when I decided to start being healthier in 2019, I – there was like a one and a half mile loop around my um, around my neighborhood where I lived in Ohio, and I decided I'm gonna go out. I'm just gonna walk my dog at one and a half miles every day. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see what percent of this I can run. And when I first started, I'm I would jog slowly for like 30 seconds and be wasted, and like just walk until I felt like I could run again, and then run, and then until like you know what I mean. I I would do that. Um, repeatedly until the one and a half miles was over. But like, and it took months. I still remember the first time I was able to jog the whole loop. And jogging the whole loop of one and a half miles continuously felt like a huge win because it was a huge win. And to compare yourself at that point in your journey to all these like athletes and I mean, not to disparage what they do because what they do is still a lot of work, but like performance enhancing, enhancing drug using people and stuff on on social media and in the media in general. To compare yourself to that is just to steal your own joy, because yeah. you should celebrate progress, whatever progress looks like to you, not against some yeah, exactly. standard of someone who has a million followers. That's not. Yeah. That's not. And kind of realistic. What I learned from our experience working out together is like. I don't need to try and make my body in the image of somebody else, like you were saying. Right. But like, I enjoy running. Yeah. And I'm probably a little bit, my body's a little more geared for it. For sure. And that that's okay. And I can just do the fitness thing that I love. Mm -hmm. 
that I don't need to. Uh, I don't really enjoy lifting that much. Yeah, and like, you get great benefit. I was from forcing cardio. myself to do these things. Right. At the expense of like, to a degree, expense of my mental health. And then when I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna do what I love to do, and that was run. Yeah. And you know, get out. I love being outside and getting fresh air and feeling the sun. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was something I was really passionate about. For sure. And kind of having that experience and like being like, you know, Jake's just always going to be stronger than me. And that's okay. And I can, I, you know, this isn't a competition. I can do what I love because that's sustainable. I can keep running up. That I can do because I enjoy it. And that's kind of a big part of this is like, what do you enjoy when it comes to fitness? Yeah. Do you enjoy running? Like, I get it. It's 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 nice getting outside, getting, but you know, not everybody enjoys that. I mean, absolutely. Some level of cardio, some level of cardio is important for everybody. For sure. But it doesn't have to be run. But, like, car- running is not the only cardio either. And I like running you know. too. Like Brad and I are are fortunate because we can, at least to a sustainable level enjoy what in my opinion is the easiest and most successful form of cardio training which is running but that's not the only form of cardio you can do rows on the row machine you can ride a bike if you like to ride a bike you can do boxing you can do i mean there are just infinite things you can do to train even within weightlifting you can do high intensity intervals and train your cardio like you can do jump rope like there running is not the end all be all and neither is any other exercise other than the one that you like enough to keep doing consistently that is the one for you the one that you like enough. you know like yeah like my wife really enjoys doing zumba videos on youtube yeah that's free yeah and she gets a really good workout out of yeah it. and if you can do that consistently consistency is like the ultimate like doing it like i i saw this awesome i follow this like whiteboard daily where the, it's, it's like a uh where they talk about um just like really specific technique stuff but they make like occasional like motivational posts one of my favorite ones is that um improving your health and fitness is like moving a pile of sand and some days you have a shovel to move the sand with some days you only have a spoon but as long as you move a little bit of the sand every day you'll make progress and i think that's really good cue for moving the sand every day is more important than how much you move at a time so find out what the best and most enjoyable way is for you to make physical progress and do that. Sustainability is the key. And eventually, I know a lot of people view health and fitness in terms of weight loss, but really once you – that's just like Jake said. It's a, it's a byproduct. A yeah. Yeah. It's a checkpoint. And you clear that checkpoint. And then you can uh, move on to something new. Yeah. And you can't just allow yourself to kind of fall into that lull. Right. Of, well, I've already done this, so I'm done. Yeah. And I can go back to my old habits. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm just find something that you find challenging. Yeah. Satisfaction is both important and dangerous. This should be fun. This should not be miserable. If right. You, if it's miserable, you need to try something else. Absolutely. Like if, if like this is supposed to be fun. If you dread it, really it on a consistent basis, it's not the right thing. 
like it's it like it and that's another important thing is that we neither of us wakes up every single day chipper ready to go on a workout like i skip workouts sometimes and there's a lot of times that i don't feel like doing them. um most most of those days i've found a way to where i can make myself but i don't want to every day um and you shouldn't expect that from yourself either but if you are consistently dreading whatever your routine is you need to find a new routine because you you should not be banging your head against a wall for this progress it's it's there is some self-denial and there is some discomfort associated with the process but it should not be a source of constant misery or friction or pain for you and and a lot of those things fade they should fade yeah really quick. The, the, the discomfort specifically as you get used yeah. to bettering yeah. your body your body will respond better in recovery situations Anyways, that is uh, that is kind of our journeys, and I I'm sure we will discuss more. Oh yeah, that's on, an infinite that's well of <laughs> yeah. feelings and discussion to be had. <laughs> but uh, we're going to transition here into a different segment. My personal favorite. You know what's segment. annoying, Jake? You know what's annoying, Jake? What's that? Sidewalks, or more accurately, the lack thereof. Oh my god. When you're in a place without sidewalks <laughs> and you're trying to be an active fit person and now you're playing Frogger. Oh my god, yeah. Except with your <laughs> with your own life. Like in my neighborhood where you I I am risking my own life. I'm putting my life on the line every moment that I choose to run around my neighborhood or walk my dogs or just get some fresh air and people give you this look like you're nuts like oh my god what is this idiot doing in the road and it's like look man i <laughs> cannot tell you how much i don't want to be in the road right now i am not here by choice i don't want to be in the road i really don't want to be in front of your car i really don't but <laughs> where else do you expect me to do this in a neighborhood where there is no pedestrian access and i guess like you kind of get this like really weird dissonance from the people in the cars where they're not understanding why you would why would you go somewhere on foot like <laughs> it just really bugs me man like deeply <laughs> uh, it's like because i was in a new neighborhood not that long ago mm -hmm. i went for a jog and people looked at me like i was doing a moonwalk <laughs> Yeah, like, they look at you like you got ten eyes. I, I thought I was about to get uh, that I was gonna get committed. It's like, guys, I'm just out for a job. Yeah, exactly. No, and it's funny because like I, I totally see the other side of it too. Because when you're driving, your mind is focused on the task of driving, and you are looking for driving situations. And when you come up on someone just kind of like walking in the middle of like where your car goes, you're like, dude, what are you doing? But that's like, not. Trust me, I don't want to. Be yeah, exactly. Either. But that's not either person's fault. It's like, why do they put these neighborhoods in without sidewalks? Like, it just doesn't make like. Surely, even in a very suburban area where your only access to like amenities is outside of the neighborhood, surely you still have to walk places, or just for exercise or enrichment, or like you have dogs. But like, to just make a new neighborhood and not put sidewalks in it is nuts to me and it leads to these situations where like people look at you like you're an idiot for exercising and i think it's heavily discouraging to a lot of people that live in these neighborhoods 
who could otherwise just I, head out I've their door. It, I've heard a description one time that sticks with me. Aggressively anti-pedestrian. Oh, yeah. Yes, that... And, it, it, and that's... I think sometimes the problem that we have in this country is that... Oh, yeah. You know, people would otherwise make healthy choices, but they're actually actively disincentivized. Hugely. You know? Yeah. It's... Okay, we're not even going to have a sidewalk. So now it feels dangerous to even do something yeah. that's basically healthy. Yeah. And like the most basic steps like in, are disincentivized. It really kills a lot of people's access to easy exercise because in, in my opinion, and again, we're both lucky because we both can tolerate running and, and to a degree even enjoy it. But running is, to me, such a sweet spot and highly efficient way to bring yourself some health. Because let's let's say you join a gym, for example, and it's a five-minute drive to your gym. You wanna you decide to go work out, right? So you gotta go get dressed, and you gotta get your gym stuff, and then you gotta drive to the gym. You gotta get into the gym. You gotta get settled in, and then you start working out. So if you commit an hour to working out, you are exercising. I mean, 45 minutes at most, 40 minutes of that time. You know what I'm saying? But running. Yeah. You put your you. Uh, hmm, I'm gonna go on a run. I would go throw some shorts on, put on some shoes, head out my door. If I commit an hour That's to it. running, I am running for 55 minutes. That is awesome, yeah. and you don't see that in other forms of exercise unless you have specialized equipment in your house. And to just yeah. to to live in a neighborhood without sidewalks and have that heavily discouraged to me is a huge disadvantage to people who are looking to improve their health. Yeah. Well, you know what's not annoying? What's that? Running trails. Oh, man. There's nothing better <laughs> than a dedicated space. Yes. To, like, go for it. Especially the outdoor ones, man. Such Just a like game changer. a well-manicured, like, gravel or paved or whatever it may be. Just, like, a well-taken-care-of outdoor running trail. Because, like, to me, half of the battle of running is combating your own boredom. And that's where, like, podcast, wink, wink. Uh, music and other forms <laughs> of media come in super handy um, is to kill that boredom. But I don't have that problem when I'm outside. I can run in silence through an outdoor trail. I mean, as long as what? my legs will carry oh. me. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm getting disapproval even from Brad on that. But no, I, I love being outdoors. and It's such a benefit. And places that have dedicated spaces like that are just the best. It just makes such a difference. But uh, yeah, no sidewalks. Really annoying. Right. And, and like, just don't like play chicken with me on the side of the road. Like, give me a little bit of space. Right. This interaction will be over in five seconds. Yeah. And this ties I into die today. a much larger gripe I have with the way that people drive in general. But also, you blowing around me or getting super close to me just to edge by another car that's coming the other way, you're not going to get where you're going any faster. I mean, like, seconds max. Like, there's no way you're in that big of a hurry where you can't give me a little space and consideration for my life. That is just, I don't, I, even before I started running, I will never understand people who like crowd runners and bicyclists and the yeah, like. And, and you know, maybe if you couldn't see the ditch that I was running next to, I would understand. Yeah. <laughs> but I know you can see the ditch right. that I'm running next yeah. to. You know how I know you can see the ditch? Because you're looking through a sheet of glass at me. <laughs> and I can so you see your face. Be able to stop see making the that ditch. stupid face because I'm trying to improve myself. <laughs> so I know you can see the ditch. So I can't move. Right. Fuck. I mean, I can bail into the Dude. ditch if you make me. 
and I will, but. <laughs> but yeah, that that's a lack of sidewalks. That's annoying. Absolutely annoying. That is our episode for the day. And again, please leave us that five star rating to defeat the algorithm. Uh, and again, what do you find annoying? Leave yes. us a comment in your rating. Please, we treasure what feedback. You find annoying, and we will. Uh, we will discuss it if we get any that uh, ring particularly true of us. Yeah, and I, I want to make this right, a he... recurring message from me. Um, challenge yourself this week. Challenge yourself to change a little thing and hold on to it. Whether it be something about your diet that you know is wrong, or heck, just just like try to walk a mile a day. Something Something that you can definitely do and hold on to. Just challenge yourself to do that thing and make it stick. Yeah. Exactly. Just something small, even if it's, you know, taking the kids down to the park. Yeah. Gets them out of your house. So, quit. They don't terrorize. And you can walk laps around the playground yeah. equipment while they play. Something that you know for a fact you can do. Well, thank you guys for joining, and we will catch you next time. See you later, guys. Bye.